The New York Rangers have acquired one of the greatest players of our generation. Patrick Kane is coming to the blue shirts. And Andrew Hartson only took a couple of draft picks. So much for giving up. Heedle, Kako, Lafreniere. They give up a few picks. Patrick Kane essentially forces his way to New York. And the Rangers get it done. My God, this is like an all-star team. It is just, you got to drool looking at this current Rangers team as we head into the final stretch before the playoffs. Joe Shane, Brian Cashman, I'm sorry. None of them have anything on Chris Drury. How the hell he pulled this off after getting Tarasenko and essentially giving up nothing? I mean, what's not to like, Jake? This is the move that I think could actually propel them into the Stanley Cup finals and perhaps raising Lord Stanley at the end of the year. Stanley Cup finals or bust. It's title or bust now for these rock star Rangers. Rock star Larry Brooks is going to join us to talk about these rock star Rangers who look just filthy good. We'll also talk about the Keandre Miller suspension, the Ryan Lingering injury. There's a lot to do. It's Jake Brown, Andrew Hart, and Larry Brooks right here on an emergency episode of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. It's coming up next. Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Andrew Hartz and, of course, the great Larry Brooks of the New York Post is with us. Molly is a bit under the weather. We hope she gets better. She is missing what could be the biggest show of the year, Hartz. The Broadway Blue Shirts bring Patrick Kane, one of the greatest players of our generation. Let's get right into it, Larry, because there's lots to discuss. We'll talk about the Miller suspension, lingering injury, but... Patrick Kane is a New York Ranger. It's been a topic we've talked about for months in this show. We didn't think it would happen. Larry, we talked about what it would take to get him. Would they give it all up? And it came down to two draft picks. Can you tell us, you know, the details of the trade and how the hell it turned into just a few picks? Well, first, this cannot be the biggest show if Molly's not on it. By definition, by definition, there's a big show whenever Molly appears. So I am just, you know, pinch hitting for her. Yes, the reason that the Rangers were, were able to send only a couple of draft picks, one which might turn into a first in 2024-25, is because Patrick Kane was able to direct a trade to the Rangers. With a no move, he he was going to be in control. And if he were only willing to, to waive his no, no move to go to New York, then obviously there was going to be less return than if he had been on the open market. And, you know, it, 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 it's similar to the package that Florida sent to Philadelphia last year for Claude Giroux when he had a, when he, when he waived only to go to the Panthers. So, you know, it, it was not going to be a bidding war. Uh, the Rangers were going to have to give up something of value and, uh, you know, a potential first rounder is value. They also wound up giving up a third rounder to Arizona to act as middleman, which seems a little bit expensive to me. I mean, you know, Minnesota has done this twice. They acted as a broker for uh, Ryan O'Reilly going to Toronto and for uh, Dmitry Orloff and Garnet Hathaway to go to Boston. They got a fourth and a fifth, and yet the Rangers are paid a third on this. So, you know, it, it's a it's a little bit more expensive, but. It it has just seemed inevitable. Yeah, it, it just has. It it has seemed inevitable for for over a year that Patrick Kane 
would wind up on Broadway with Artemi Panarin. And now, now let's see. Now let's see. Um, you know, it's it's not the only move the Rangers have made. Obviously, they they made what everyone thought was their big move three weeks ago when they got Tarasenko from St. Louis and Mikola, uh, the defenseman as well. So, you know, they have solidified their top six. Um, I don't think they're a perfect team. I think there, there's, there is going to be a lot of debate about whether the Rangers are, are too heavily invested in skill as opposed to snarl and sandpaper. But the, the type of, 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 of moves the Rangers, I think, would have had to make to, to transform their team just too complicated in in the middle of this season at this trade line at this trade deadline with all the cap issues they have not only this year but next year remember the rangers are limited to a rental market this year they weren't going out and trading for players with term on their contracts who who might have been able to help the other the other you know the the other consideration is that they that they go with a three line scoring philosophy that they don't have a checking line. They don't want to have a checking line, apparently. Gerard Gallant, I don't think, believes in it. He said that uh, this um, right after taking over. He said, no, I, I, don't, I don't really want a checking line. I, you know, I want all my guys to check, but I don't want a dedicated checking line. See, I think the Rangers need a third line that is a matchup, hard-edged checking line. But they can't do that now. I mean, you know, Philip Hedl's there and Kako is there and Lafreniere there. They have, they have the kids playing on their third line. So what did they do? They solidified their top six just the way they did last year. Although I would submit that Patrick Kane and Vlad Tarasenko are a significant upgrade over Frank Petrano and Andrew Kopp, who they brought in last year as placeholders. So this is what the Rangers are going with. They're going with a lot of talent. They're going with a lot of skill, and and again, when you when you look at Patrick Kane, he's not a perimeter prancing player. You know, this is a guy who has succeeded in the playoffs. He's won a Conn Smythe Trophy. He's been on, you know, he's been a key piece of three Stanley Cup winners. He scores goals in the postseason. He gets to the inside. He competes in dirty areas. It's not as if the Rangers have picked up this finesse perimeter player today. They have picked up one of, one of the great postseason players of this generation. They have added one of the great players of this generation. And we'll see what he has. You know, we'll, we'll see what he has. We'll see if, if, if this energizes him. And I bet it does. Because, again, he didn't have to do this. He could have finished the season in Chicago, become a free agent over the summer, and decided what he wanted to do. But obviously, he's up for this challenge. And, you know, I think the Rangers with Patrick Kane are a much more dangerous team than the Rangers without Patrick Kane. You hit the nail on the head here. I mean, it feels like a move that Drury brings him in, especially for the Stanley Cup run. I mean, like you mentioned, prolific postseason player, 52 goals, 132 points in 136 career postseason games. I mean, that's that's the kind of guy where if you feel strongly about a team possibly hoisting the Stanley Cup at the end of the season. That's the kind of guy that you want on there. And then, of course, you throw him on there with a guy like Artemi Panarin, who obviously very, very close friends with, has played with. That second line is just deadly, in my opinion. And then, and then if you think about the first run, you have Kreider, Mika, and Tarasenko. It's 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 a great, great situation uh, for the Rangers to be in. And it, it comes down to 
how did Drury do this? I mean, we, you kind of mentioned it last year. He, he made the moves for Cop and Vetrano. Obviously, Tarasenko and Kane are a little bit better than those two guys, I feel like. But how is Chris Drury able to, again, navigate these deals to bring in these star players and kind of push his chips all in? Well, for Tarasenko, they gave up value. They gave up a first rounder to get a rental. You know, that's a that's a fair price to pay. But, you know, it's a, it's an expensive price to pay. They're giving up a first rounder for a rental. So, yes, they were going to be able to get Tarasenko. They were going to be able to get one of these players. The second one, the Kane, the Kane move, again, he direct, he was in control. Patrick Kane was in control. I don't think the Blackhawks wanted to get into a public spat. You know, with a guy, you know, with a guy who had, had, had been so important to them in winning three cups. Um, so I think once Kane had decided he wanted to come to New York, it was a matter of figuring out how they could how the Rangers could fit him in under the cap. We've seen over the last week to 10 days how how many machinations and and maneuvers were, you know, were required to do this. Uh, the Rangers voluntarily playing two players, which became three players short on on Sunday. So, you know, there was a lot that went into this. There was uh, there was a, there was a lot of calculating being done by the by the Rangers front office, by by their entire, you know, cap staff. Um, so but again, if if Patrick Kane had been on the open market, no, the Rangers would not have been able to to get him. But he wasn't on the open market, you know, just the way. The Rangers uh, were able to get Marty San Luis in 2014. He had a no move. He he wanted only to come to New York. The Rangers wound up giving. I don't understand how 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 under those circumstances. Still, the Rangers wound up sending two first rounders, what became two first rounders, and Ryan Callahan to Tampa in that trade. However, you know it was nine nine years ago, and the statute of limitations. Um, on prosecuting Glenn Sather probably is, uh, you know, is in place. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't think he, <laughs> I, think, I think the time was expired, but, you know, I, again, Kane wanted to come to New York. The Rangers were going to find a way to accommodate him. And why would you say no? I, again, it's not as if they could have gotten uh, Tom Wilson, you know, instead, you know, or, you know, honestly, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's so... Again, they're they're dealing with a limited marketplace of rentals, and they wind up with one of the best player, one of the best offensive players of the of of the generation, and a player who has had massive success playing with Artemi Panarin. And um, listen, this should energize Panarin. (laughs) Honestly, this should energize Panarin. This should energize the room. Um, This should energize the team. Uh, there, there, there are going to be challenges ahead. I mean, listen, Patrick Kane's played in one place for 16 years. It's not, it's, I, I don't think he's just going to be able to flip a switch, say, okay, I'm here, everything's fine. You know, I, I understand. There, there, there's there's going to be a lot um, that changes for him. Everything is changing for him. Seat on the bus, seat on the plane, you know, everything changes. Where do I go? How do I get to practice? Where am I living? Um, everything is changing for, for Kane. And I would, and, and I, and I think it's important that we all remember that over these next 22 games, that this is largely a trial and error period. And, you know, as, as long as the Rangers don't slide into a wild card spot, um, this is, this is, this is all preliminary. And this is time that, that, uh, Gallant and the team 
will use to uh, to experiment. The power play is going to be transformed. It's going to be different than it than it's been. And in addition, someone is moving from the first power play to the second power play, which means that someone is moving off the second power play. So someone who's been getting power play minutes isn't going to get them. You know, if if the Rangers are healthy, and so there there is going to be a lot. You know, there there's a lot. Uh, Patrick Kane is a big time star, and he's he's going to eat a lot of oxygen. Um, there's going to be, a, there's going to be a, you know a lot. Um, you know, the bright lights are going to be shined on him. They're going to be shined on the Rangers, but they're going to be shined on him, and they're going to be shined on Panarin. And and so they have to be ready for that. And, you know, again, there, there there's a lot here. But these are the Rangers, you know, these are the big name Rangers, these are the rock star Rangers, and they're going to try and make a go of it in what is going to be a meat grinder of, of, of the first two rounds, let alone round, rounds three and four. I mean, honestly, you know, the Devils may may be able to pass Carolina. If that if that happens, then then the Rangers play the Hurricanes in the first round. All of these teams are capable of winning the Stanley Cup. Some are going to lose in the first round. I mean, Toronto, Tampa, they loaded up. They're going to play each other in the first round. One of them is going down. You know, the Rangers, Devils, you know, the Devils added maybe the best player on the market, Timo Meyer. You know, if they play the Rangers in the first round, one of them is going down. So whether, you know, whether the Rangers should be all in or not, yeah, they should be all in on this. But they're all in without sacrificing either any portion of this present and without sacrificing an integral part of the near future. You know, they're they're keeping this year's first rounder. You know, they they traded one for Tarasenko, but when they acquired the first rounder from Dallas in exchange for Lundquist, Nils Lundquist over the summer, that pick was was always meant to be traded. That's why they that's why they made that deal. They made that deal so they would have currency at the deadline to trade a first rounder. They didn't want to trade this, their own, you know, their second first rounder this year, and they didn't. They didn't trade Brennan Offman. They 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 didn't trade Will Cooley. They didn't trade Adam Sakura. You know, they didn't trade Zach Jones. So they have traded none of their top prospects, and they have added Kane and Tarasenko, and they've added Tyler Mott. And so the fourth line now will be, you know, presumably will be Mott. Goodrow and VC. It's a. It, it is not a physical fourth line. It is not. You know, it's not. It's not a line that's going to intimidate. But it's a fast, you know, skilled, forechecking group of players, and and you know whom, in whom Gallant has trust, and and so by adding to the top six, they have fortified their 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 fourth line too. So, listen, this is a better team on paper than the one that went into the playoffs last year. You know, again. Kane Tarasenko versus Vitrano Cop. Um, again, you know, if they perform, Mikola versus Justin Braun, maybe it's a soft. Mott, you know, a year later. But they, you know, the younger players should be more prepared for this. They should be better. This is what last year was all about, right? And, you know, so the kids should come into this with a with a boatload of confidence. Um, Keandre Miller should just should enter this with a boatload of confidence after his performance in last year's playoffs. The question mark is Shesterkin, because last year you knew going into the playoffs, the Rangers were going to have an edge in every series because of their goaltending. Not sure that's the case right now. You know, Igor Shesterkin needs to elevate his game. There, There is no question about that. The Rangers are not going to, I don't care whether, Pat, if you know, Patrick Kane can lead the first 
around and score it. If Igor Shosturkin is mediocre, they're not going to win. So, you know, th- that's another that's another factor that comes into play. Last year was automatic. This year it isn't. The rock star Rangers hearts. I like that. Hearts will be on the drums. You got Kane on guitar. You got Tarasenko on the bass. I mean, this team bring Metallica for intermission. I mean, come on. I mean, this this show is on the road. I mean, the, this spring at the Garden with the Knicks and Rangers right now, I'm fired up. Both teams look really good. It's it's going to be fun to watch these last 22 games and the playoffs. Um, let's talk about Keandre Miller. Three game suspension for spitting. Although he put out the apology on Twitter that it was accidental. What did you think of the suspension handed down by the league? Well, I think it was appropriate. The precedent had been set three games, um, I think, in 2018. Hathaway, who was, who was just traded from Washington to, to, to Boston, garnered Hathaway, uh, spit in somebody's face, was given a three-game suspension, and that's that's what I think was appropriate here, too. Listen, I, I, I have no idea what happened. None. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to dispute uh Keandre Miller's I'm not going to dispute with Keandre how how Keandre Miller characterized it um if it was an accident it was an accident but it was a disgusting accident <laughs> let me tell you there is no place for that and and I get the disconnect and and because on, on Twitter today I said yes appropriate you know an appropriate suspension and there were a number of responses saying well wait a second you can you can uh, uh cross check a guy across the face put your stick in, in a guy's mouth and you might only get a two game suspension, but for this, you get three. And I, I understand the disconnect, but, but there is no room for spitting in any athletic endeavor. I mean, you know, this is, it's disgusting. So, you know, three games, that's, that's fine with me. I, I have no issue with that. This is something that's not going to happen again. With with Keandre Miller, <laughs> there's you know he, uh, I don't think he needs to be taught a lesson, but he needs to sit. And you know for the next uh, three games, the Rangers are going to suffer. I mean, I, I I'd be surprised if Ryan Lindgren is back by by Wednesday. I, I don't know if he's going to be back. I, I don't think he's going to be back for for a while. I could be wrong. You know, you never know with with Ryan Lindgren. But but what's the hurry? <laughs> you know, honestly, what's the hurry? You you don't want him to be vulnerable for a second injury that that might linger and might bleed into the late season and, and the playoffs. So, you know, they they may be short, both Miller and Lindgren, uh, for a few games. They'll have to deal with that as as best they can, um, but then move on and and get their team together and and build for the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's definitely not worth pushing uh, Lindgren to get back anytime soon just because of the fact that it's like you mentioned, you got to look at the end game here. And obviously the trade with the uh, Blackhawks for Kane and, and you know, now it, it really does feel like a Stanley Cup or bust. Is is that the vibe that that you're getting? Because, again, it, it's like you mentioned, Jury didn't trade away anyone, you know, future wise, big, heavy for the future. But this does, again, coming off of last year when he made those same similar deals uh, for for uh, cop and whatnot, that it feels like the Rangers kind of sense blood in the water. And at least from my perspective, as someone that watches the Rangers a lot and everything, it feels like if you're able to get out of the East and into the Stanley cup finals, it feels like you got a pretty good shot to win the whole damn thing. So do you get a sense that this really is for the Rangers Stanley cup or bust right now? Stanley cup or bust this year. They'll be back next year again with, with everybody, you know, a year or more experience. I, what I think is that it's Stanley cup or bust for this group 
that includes the kids that you know that in, that includes their d i i think if they get knocked out and again they're going to be knocked if they're if they're knocked out they're going to be knocked out by a very good team you know so it's not it's not like it's going to be an upset oh how could they lose but what i do think and what i do expect is for them to evaluate this kind of roster construction over the summer they have a they have a lot of decisions to make there are a lot of contracts coming up you know, uh, you know, we've talked about it. They have to sign Hedl. They have to sign Lafreniere. They have to sign Miller um, to contracts. Um, they have a, a, a they're going to be facing a number of dilemmas as who to keep, who to let go. I think this this these playoffs are going to inform every one of those decisions. I think if they find that they actually do need a matchup checking line, you know, a hard edged physical third line. And they can't keep the kids. They can't keep all of the kids. They they cannot have that as their third line. And so what does that mean? Does that mean that, okay, we take a look and tackle moves up, you know, to right wing on the top line next year, Lafreniere, you know, you know, again, we're, you know, it, it's, it's a circular issue. Where are these guys going to play? But I, I do think that the results in, in this year's playoffs, um, how they play, how they compete, in this year's playoffs will inform every single decision they make over the summer. And they may have to trade talent for grit, which is kind of what they did two years ago. And now they've kind of gone back. You know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, they, they traded for Sammy Blay and, and, and that was just an unfortunate um, set of circumstances we never got the chance to see how that trade would might, you know, might have played out if Blay had been healthy. Obviously, they traded a first-line right wing for him. Um, they got nothing out of him. He was hurt after 15 games, so we we just don't know. But I think that's the kind of trade I think the jury is almost going to have to make this summer if, the, if, if they get knocked out in the playoffs, I'm sorry, because of a lack of grit, because of a lack of sandpaper, because of a lack of size. You know, if, 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 if that ultimately undermines them, they're going to have to fix their team. They're, they're just going to have to reconstruct their team. And so that's going to, you know, that's going to mean a different type of group next year. But, you know, for this year, they're all in for this year. But it doesn't mean that if they get knocked out in the first year, then next year they have to, you know, you know, next year they're starting out at the bottom. They're not. They're, they're starting out as a as a top 10 team in, in the league, which which they've been now for two years running. You know, what are they now? seventh overall sixth seventh overall in the league they were that's where they were last year they you know they've established themselves as a top 10 team now it's you know it's getting from there to the top so um we'll see patrick kane is a ranger he scored seven goals in his last four games 10 points he's coming in hot 446 career goals the guy averages almost 30 goals a year he's a three-time stanley cup champion he's got a stanley cup winning goal so larry i'll close with this is this one of the better Rangers teams on paper? Obviously, we haven't seen them play together uh, that you've seen in a while. Well, it's probably the best team I've seen since 2015. Yeah, the 2015 team was loaded. And look, no one cares about excuses. But that was a team that I think would have won if Zuccarello hadn't gotten hurt in the first round. Um, if 
McDonough hadn't gotten hurt in the middle of the Tampa series, if Mark Stahl hadn't been hurt, if Dan Girardi hadn't been hurt, they they were they were they were a decimated team playing against Tampa. I don't think that quite explains why they were able to to, to pile up goals on the road in Tampa in games four and, and six and were shut out at home in games five and seven. I, Bring up bad memories, Larry. Bonds. Bad I, memories. <laughs> but no, but, but this, this is their best team since 2015. I still think about 2015 and and all the promise because there it it almost felt like and I'm not saying that's how it feels now where it's like the window is closing but that felt like it's the last week of summer vacation and uh, summer camp and this is it this is the time to do it and it's just it, it didn't come through. It was very very disappointing. It was it was disappointing. It was disappointing that they just went out with such a whimper in game seven and and you know in game five they had been bad they 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 had lost game two at home too so they lost the final three games at home in that in that series it's um i've never really gotten a good explanation for it from anybody on that team i remember i tried to ask you know i hadn't talked much about it with Lund- with henrik lundquist and last year when i talked to him ahead of his number retirement i, I kind of said you know what was what was more disappointing Losing in 2012 to the Devils in the conference finals or 2015. And I never really got an answer. <laughs> I think that's the answer right there. <laughs> I never really got an answer. <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, they, they were set up. They, they were set up that year. And they, you know, they were a confident team. They had, they had, you know, they had, they had come from behind 3 1 earlier in that playoff year, just the way they had. The year before, they were a they were a battle tested team um, because they had they had gotten to the conference finals in 2012. They had you know gotten to the second round in 2013, finals 2014. You know they they had, I think they played more playoff games in that four year stretch than any other team in the league. All they missed was the cup. So the, you know so so this is their best shot since then. Well. Rangers fans are already salivating, looking at this team, and don't book any vacations till late June, early July, Larry. You may have to be there down the Canyon of Heroes. I think it's around June 21st. Finals would end June 18th if it goes seven games. Larry Brooks, you can follow him on Twitter at NYP underscore Brooksy and read his stories in the New York Post and at nypost.com. Larry, thanks for coming on with us. Thank you. Cleared to center and dropped back smartly by Panera. Back in here for Kane. Kane back to oh Panera and scores. What a play. Ay, ay, ay. Now this was a blind pass by Patrick Kane. Let him breathe. Alrighty, that'll do it for episode 115 of Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Larry Brooks for joining us, of course. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me produce the show and co-hosting the show as we fill in for the great Molly Walker. You catch up on all old episodes. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Just search for Up in the Blue Seats and go to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. If you're watching it there, give us a thumbs up. Go subscribe. Thumbs up. Comment below. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Andrew Hartz. Now, this range team, man. Uh, I'm excited because the garden, everyone's talking about 94 again when it comes to the Rangers and the Knicks. And this place is going to be rocking. It's going to be the hottest ticket in town. You know, I hope to be there covering it for the playoffs. We'll see. You know, I'm in a tough predicament here, Hearts, because my brother's bachelor party, as I look at the Stanley Cup final dates, 
is the weekend of June 9th, which happens to be when the Stanley Cup Finals begins. So it, I am going to be on Miami Beach with a with a microphone and a ring light. I'm going to be using natural light on Miami Beach doing a podcast. My God, sports timing. But anyways, I have a couple of things to throw at you from my travels to Atlanta. First off, shout out to State Farm Arena and the Atlanta Hawks for having a barbershop in the arena. I was literally getting a haircut and all the jokes came. Jake, why do you need a haircut? There are still follicles that grow up here that you need to get fresh and they shape up the beard. Absolutely fantastic idea. I loved it. Shout out to them for that. Curious, what do you think? Do you think that would work in New York here at the Garden at Barclays Center? Could you envision a barbershop in the arena and people getting a haircut while watching the Knicks or Rangers? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is such an Atlanta thing. Quite frankly, like the, the barbershop, you won't look good. Granted, New York people, we do. We want to look good. You got to get the fresh shape up. You know, you got to get the taper high up on the sides and whatnot. But I feel like in New York, it, it, the barbershop mentality is, I, I mean, especially me, whenever I go to a barbershop, it's not a rushed experience. You just want to go. You want to relax. You want to shoot the, uh, you know, the other word that I can't say on the podcast here. But you, 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 it, it, it's a more personal experience. I can't imagine going to a random barber, you know, in the arena being like, hey, uh, can I get uh, the shape up and do it right? No, no, no. We're very picky about the way we like certain things. You go to a barber, you're very loyal to him. So I like the idea in Atlanta, but in New York, I don't think it flies. Another thing that happened over the weekend, curious to get your uh take on this first class versus next to a friend in the back so a lady in the row in a row to the right of me uh had a seat in first class but her friend was where i was back in the you know in the peasant seats in the back and by the way i did ride first class my way there bigger leg room unlimited alcohol gray at 93 dollars upgrade i figured it's never that cheap you gotta do it anyways she went from first class to sit next to her friend and gave the young young girl her seat in first class just so she could sit in this smallest airplane I've ever been in, tightest seats. Would you ever leave first class just so you could sit with your friend? And I'm talking about a two-hour flight, a pretty quick flight. If we're saying a friend, if it's Jake, if it's you and I, and and I have a first class seat and you're in economy or business class or whatever you want to call it, there's a good chance I'm gonna enjoy first class, uh, you know, to myself. And and you know that's that's just me personally. I, I, I think if it's friend or family, it could be it could be your mother, your brother. I ain't leaving first class just to sit next to you. No shot. But now now tell me this though, if you have a significant other with you, you have a girlfriend or you know if you're a girl listening to this podcast. You have a boyfriend and that boyfriend sitting there. You're not going to be too happy if your significant other is enjoying the perks of first class. Well, you I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't know. I haven't <laughs> I don't have one. I haven't had one in a while. So it'd be it'd be tough to call in the moment. But you probably sent the anger in them and it'd be mm-hmm. a rough rest of the trip. So in that case, yeah. But this was a, a woman and her, her friend. It wasn't like a couple. So that's why I was like amazed. I was like, wow, she is a loyal friend to leave first class another frustrating thing and the absolute worst when you already know it's a small plane you know a big guy's behind you the lady in front of me was like almost on full recline and i got bad knees i'm a big fella 6'3 225 and i'm getting crushed and i didn't want to be the guy to say something or can you push your seat up but is there anything worse than those people who recline and this isn't a long this was a two-hour flight like have your seat up relax but don't recline. Like, I had no room to even put my table down, have a drink, nothing. The worst kind of people. 
See, that's the point of at least it was a two-hour flight, and it wasn't like you're going from the East Coast to the West Coast. That's when, look, there was a whole thing that Steve Harvey, I once saw a video of him say, he goes, you have to treat yourself every now and then for certain things in life. If you can get a cheap first-class ticket or a quick little you know, upgrade, I think you got to do it, honestly. And especially for someone like you, Jake, you're you're bigger, not not wider, but you're, you're a taller dude. You need that extra leg race, extra leg rest, man. Like you, you, you need that, 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 that space. If you don't have that, then you're going to be scrunched up like you were. And, um, you know, you got to pay for a little extra leg room, I think. Yeah. And well, I it couldn't, there was no, I didn't have the option the way back. There was no first class upgrade. So the way there I took advantage, I enjoyed it. Although like it was a little underwhelming because there is someone next to you. It wasn't like the Odell Beckham video where you have like all this space, <laughs> you're in a cubicle. I was kind of disappointed. There was someone next to me and I was like, I thought I get my own like little thing. I get a blanket, a pillow. But, uh, you know, I did enjoy it was a Thursday night, so I did enjoy a few glasses of, of white wine, um, which is great. And it is great skipping security. I was like waiting in line. and I saw someone working. I'm like, I have first class. Can I skip? He's like, yeah, he walked me to the front. I was like, wow, this is pretty electric. Uh, and then getting off. I mean, is there nothing worse when you're trying to stand up and you got Betty Sue on your right who's standing. You can't move because she's overzealous and won't move. And I can't get my bags. I can't get my belongings. Um, so getting off first is a true luxury. So for the 93, it's worth it. That was the Atlantic Chronicles for the weekend. But the New York Chronicles, pretty thrilling hearts. The New York Rangers have Patrick Kane to add to an already star-studded lineup. Kreider, Mika, Tarasenko, second line, Panarin, Trocek, Kane, third, Lefrenier, Kittle, Kako, and then VC, Goodrow, Mott. Just absolutely stacked. I know you're fired up. And uh, it's going to be a fun couple months here of up in the blue seats. You're going to be locked in. And, uh, you know, we hope there's no other trade that goes down by Friday. But this is going to be a hell of a ride here for the next three to four months. Jake, I'm going to steal this from Pete Alonzo. But you know what? It feels good saying it today. L-F-G-R. Let's do it. I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm feeling all in. I'm not sure. I, the Rangers feel like they're all in and, and Drury's pushing the chips all in. But I'm feeling good, man. I'm down for a little uh, parade action in uh, late June. It's been a while since we've had a true New York parade. Imagine the Knicks and Rangers want like uh, it's not going to happen. The but, city might burn down, Jake. Yeah, well, the Rangers, you could see the Knicks, you still have hurdles. You got to, you know, get past Milwaukee. You got to get Phoenix. I mean, they, they beat Boston, but without Jalen Brown on, on Monday night. So the Knicks, it's a little harder to see them getting that far. But we can dream here in New York City. And I really think this is it, folks. I think the Rangers and the Mets are going to win the title this year. We're going to have two parades in 2023 here in New York City. It's not going to be the Mets. So it'll it be will the, be the New York Mets. It'll be the Yankees and the Rangers. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah. Well, you can hear in a few weeks on Amazing But True, the return of the Mets, the 2023 New York Mets World Series champions, that is. And the Rangers look like they're winning the cup. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Larry Brooks, Andrew Hartz, Get Better, Molly Walker. We will see you next week as we look at the first few games here patrick kane as a ranger and getting back to winning ways thanks everybody for listening to up in the blue seats we'll see you next time